There was grace. It was free. Thank God. God is good. And all the time. Amen. You may be seated. Sister Sonia, I wonder if you would take the microphone back to Sister April. I noticed, I think, Sister April, Brother George came in, didn't he, Brother Nagel? Was he in here just... And he gave you some information on Sister Beverly. Is somebody saying something to me? Brother George... I can't hear you. Brother George had to leave. Is he Brother Nagel in here? He's already he's already left. Brother Nagel has left. Listen to her. Brother Nagel has left. He went to go to the hospital to pick up Beverly. She's supposed to be released at noon. Okay, and Sister Beverly had an accident this week. Right. Would you share that? And there would be people here that have not heard. All right. Earlier in this week, Sister Beverly slid on some mud uh, when she was going out to the mailbox and coming back in. She slid on some mud. She's broken her knee, and she has a fracture in her, her hip and the pelvis area uh, tear. Uh, they, she's been doing going through therapy. Uh, she's been in the hospital, but she's, but she's doing very well. She's done the steps today in the therapy. She's gone up and down. And she, uh, they said that she could go home today. So she plans on being released at noon. And Brother George has gone to get her. So she is, she's doing well, and she's really happy that she's getting to be liberated on the 4th of July. All right. Th- thank you very the much. Lord. The Lord works good. Yes, he does. Thank you very much. I, I uh, had thought I had seen him come in just briefly there making a cameo appearance. And uh, he is on his way to pick his wife up. And they've got a few interesting days, perhaps even weeks ahead of them. And we want to hold them up in prayer. And Brother Harold will be directing prayer after a little bit. And we'll remember Sister Beverly, especially in this prayer. Before I turn the service to... Our assistant pastor, I would like for those that are going to youth camp. We only got one youth camp for our Heartland region this year. And it starts, I believe the bulletin says Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm not sure which day. But we've got some going as campers. I'd like for them to stand and remain standing. What a good looking group. Well, there's one that's really good looking. Uh, and the rest of you, uh, you're good looking too. Oh, and we got, let's see, one, three, we got four, and now we got some going that are on staff as well. Would you stand? Uh, those that are going on staff, there's one, there's two. All right. Uh, oh, oh I, I didn't see you, Isaac. Uh, okay, we've got uh, four going, five going as campers, and we, well, let's give them an applaud, the staff as well, okay? <laughs> Brother Harold, come on, and we'll be praying for you and be looking forward to a testimony from you next week, too.
4th of July. You know, to celebrate, I wanted to take my wife out on a date this week. We've been married a long time. It's still good to do those things. So I wanted to go skating. Remember? And it was half price night. It was half price night. You know what she called me? A cheapskate. But hey, that's not all of it. Get this. My wife claims that I am the cheapest person she ever met. Can you believe that? I'm the cheapest person. I'm not buying it. All right. I told you I got some jokes handed to me last week. So There's a couple of them. No, it is good to be here on this holiday, um, and, and don't blame me for the jokes. You can actually blame Joe. Maybe I should tell. <laughs> but uh, but uh, it is good to be here today. We just want to make a couple announcements. As Pastor said, youth camp does start Tuesday. We do have, what is it, seven or eight going? we got a couple others, too. Seven? I think we have seven going. That'll be traveling on the bus and a couple workers as well. So remember them in prayer this week and all the staff and Everything that's taking place down there, we want God to move. And uh, so just be praying for that this week and their travels. And um, remember Wednesday night here, we'll be uh, having the Bible study will be continuing, the life of a Jesus follower. And that old ladies retreat, October 1st through 3rd. So if you haven't signed up, you can do that online or there's applications downstairs. And that's in uh, Branson, Missouri on October 1st to 3rd. So, is anything anybody need to make mention of? Nothing today? All right. Um, before you stand and pray, uh, we're going to actually talk a little bit. I think I maybe spoke a couple weeks ago that sometime we'd be talking a little bit on prayer. Um, we're going to speak for just a second here today on prayer. So, Sarah, if you could put a slide up. Um, prayer, what is it? What is prayer? You might think that's kind of simple, right? Kind of a simple thought. What exactly is prayer? The primary objective of prayer is to align myself with the will of God. We don't pray more a lot of times because we don't think we have time. We don't pray more because maybe we don't even think prayer is all that important. We don't pray more because we don't think prayer really works. But listen to this. Prayer is as normal to the Christian as breathing is to the human. Think about that. Prayer is as normal to the Christian as breathing is to the human. Breathing's pretty important, right? So prayer is really, really important. We talk a lot about prayer. We throw the word around a lot. But prayer actually has a tremendous power. Do we really think about it? Do we really even think about what we're doing when we're coming before God? Prayer activates the power of God. God moves in response to the prayers of his people. Not only that, but prayer lines you up properly with God. When we're told to pray, we are told to pray in the Spirit. What it means to pray in the Spirit is to pray continuously with the Spirit of God. So prayer not only moves God to act, but prayer is to align us with the will and the purpose of God. When we pray in the will of God or in accord, accord with God's will, we are lining up with his purposes. And so prayer has a definite effect of lining us up with God's purposes as well as causing God to act. Prayer really does change things. 
There was a guy, I heard this story this week, I think actually, he was doing some, uh, building a sculptor. So he was down on his knees and he was pounding at the bottom of this thing, turning it into um, whatever it was he was making. But a preacher came in and said, I wish I could deal such changing blows to the hearts of men. And the sculptor kind of looked at him and he said, you know what? Maybe you could if you worked like me down on your knees. There's a lot of truth in that because prayer can do what all of teaching and all of words can't do. So breaking it down, what is prayer? Go ahead, Sarah. Prayer is communication with God. It's not only speaking, but it's listening to God as well. The objective of prayer is not to get God to do what I want him to do. It's to get him into alignment or to get me into alignment with the will of God. How can we discover God's will? Studying the Bible, listening to God. Prayer is not getting my will in heaven. It's getting God's will on earth. In 1 John 5 and 14, it tells us this is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us and we will have the petitions we brought before him. There's a very important part in that scripture. According to his will. We'll be going into that more later on, but you've probably heard you have not because you've asked not. Um, we'll be tying that scripture in as well. It's not a, a, a name it and claim it game, but we need to be in God's will. So nothing lies outside the reach of prayer except that which lies outside the will of God. Prayer is surrender. We surrender to God. We align ourselves with God. Um, we have some fishermen in here. They might understand this analogy. When you're fishing, you're out on the boat, and I know some of them that go fishing, so I'm sure this has happened, but they throw that line and it hooks the dock. And then they start pulling on that line. What happens? The dock doesn't move to the boat. God, God's the dock, right? But the boat moves to God, right? The, the boat pulls to the dock. We're not pulling God towards us when we're praying. We're pulling ourselves towards God, towards his will. So as you stand, you can stand this morning. We're going to pray. This is going to be a Sunday where we have some prayer directive. We're going to pray for ourselves. They say that's one of the hardest things to do is to pray for yourself. We need to pray that um, we can recognize the importance of prayer, recognize the importance of it in our lives. Pray for ourselves, our relationship with God. Pray that um, we want to be in alignment with God, with his will. So this morning, as we pray... Pray those things. Pray. If you have other requests, you can take that to God. But pray for yourself and pray for your prayer life. Just pray that God would help open our eyes. I started a while back studying on this prayer um, stuff, and I can't tell you how many sermons and little video clips I have seen that have just popped up. I don't know. It it seems to happen that way a lot. I think sometimes God just directs it, and it continues (laughs) to go over and over. And I've been pummeled by prayer in the last month. I bet you I've heard at least 50 sermons, at least clips of them um, on, this, on this topic. But, um, so as you focus on this, don't just take this for today, but begin to chew on it um, this week. And let God um, move you and uh, lead you in the direction that he wants you to. He'll, he'll help us have a better understanding of prayer. And we're going to dive a little deeper into this. But this morning, let's do the hard thing and let's, let's pray for ourselves. So each one of you pray for yourself today. God, we come to you at this time, Lord. Thanking you, God, for your word, God.
the uh, ability that we have, God, to have communication with you. to come up and going to receive first Sunday offering here, but um, finishing up with prayer. In the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking probably about uh, like when to pray. That'll be kind of an easy one probably to go over, but when to pray and why we why we pray will be coming up probably next week unless God changes things, but um, prayer, it, it's, um, it's so important, yet what is it really? It's communicating with God. Um, Think about your own relationships with people. If you don't communicate, there's not much of a relationship there, right? With friends and spouse and whatever you have in your life. Um, if you don't communicate, there's not much there. So we have to communicate with God. All right, but yes, it is first Sunday offering, so this will go towards the pastor and his family as we want to bless them today as we give. Of course, we're giving to God, and uh, he will multiply it, and I'm sure it will go towards good work. But... Um, so just anything uh, not marked today would go towards the pastor. If you need ties or anything like that, just mark it on an envelope and on a check, and it will go towards that. So let's pray. God, we thank you for this morning, God, again, for the opportunity to give to you in this offering, Lord. We just pray special blessings upon the pastor and his wife, God, that you continue uh, to keep them safe, watch over them as they're traveling and their health, God, and all the work, Lord, that they do for the church, continue to minister through them, God, and uh, provide them with the words to say, just lift them up, help them to be encouraged, God, and uh, going strong for you, Lord, we thank you for all you've done, and just uh, bless this offering and multiply it in your name, amen.
you thankful for your freedom in Christ. We, uh, you know, things may be interesting in this country right now, I'll just say that, but aren't you thankful that we still have the freedom to gather together and to worship our God without fear of imprisonment or anything like that, as in so many countries there are. We have that freedom, and um, I'm thankful for the freedom that Christ bought for me.
is a reason to celebrate. Amen? That is a reason to celebrate. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. 
blood and in his name and in his freedom, I am free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
worship you this morning, Jesus. We worship you this morning, Jesus, the only one who can save our souls, the only one who brings us peace, the only one who sets us free. You are the only one, no matter how good it looks in the world, no matter what this world offers, you are our peace, you are our freedom, you are our joy, you are our redeemer, you are our savior. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for the peace that you give and the peace that you offer, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the freedom that we have in you to worship you, God, to live a life unashamed before you, Lord. Hallelujah. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father, the name above every name. The name above every name. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, help us to never give up, but to keep raising our hands to you and to keep worshiping you, and the walls will fall. The walls will fall. The answer will come. Hallelujah. We worship you, Father. How great you are. How great you are. Hallelujah. 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 You're the name above all names. And you
great and mighty God, how great you are, Lord. We praise you, Father. We'll let our kids be quietly dismissed as our pastor comes. Good morning to everyone on this July 4th, year 2021. Independence Day, 4th of July, and as I told the physical therapist last Friday when he asked me what kind of plans I had for this weekend, I said to get a big bang from the Lord from the pulpit on Sunday morning. And I do trust that the Lord will give us that which we need, and I will try to be in the center of his anointing for that. I do want to make a comment. We have such a wonderful group of congregation here in our local church at Hope Through Grace Fellowship, North Brighton, 4907, Kansas City, Missouri. If you're coming from the south, it is exit 10 on I-35. If you're coming from Liberty, northward, Omaha, Des Moines, wherever it is northward from here, going south on I-35, I believe the exit is Vivian Road, exit 11. I don't come that way, so I don't have that memorized. And I say some of you that come from that direction don't know the number of the exit either, but I think it's Vivian Road, exit 11. Okay, I, I hear some nodding of the heads, or I see some nodding of the heads. I just would like... As I'm speaking to the online online audience that we have, and we do have an online audience, uh, and sometimes it's a very significant one, that you would be blessed if it was at all possible for you to be here in our congregation, to be a part of the worship and be blessed by the worship of our congregation, led by Sister Lisa Carr and the worship team. And I remarked to my wife, who's a part of the worship team, last Sunday, and I said, I really could feel the 
worshiping of the Lord from the worship team today and how it made me feel anointed wise. And she said, and she could really feel the anointing from the audience, the congregation, as they sang and blessed the Lord. And so we are here, we are gathered here today in the goodness of the Lord. His blessings are abundant, his care is unending, and he loves you, and we want to be in his will and in his grace. On this particular day, as our country celebrates this 4th of July, I realized this morning that there are some folks perhaps in and around Miami, uh, Florida, where there has been a terrible accident this week, and many people have uh, lost their lives. M many are unaccounted for, and no doubt there will be some tragedies to unfold in many households as they already have. I also know that this is just perhaps a small part of the things that have happened in our world this week. But we are gathered here today. We're basically all in good health. We're here in an air-conditioned building. We're here knowing that there are needs out beyond our walls, even as there are some needs inside our walls. The point is, as I am, have been saying, we are gathered here. As we are gathered here, which is the title of this presentation today, I would like to begin with a quote from a guy who lived not too far from here. His name was Mark Twain. And I believe that was his name for literature writing. His name, I believe, was Samuel Clements, if I'm not mistaken. But nevertheless, there is a quote that I give the congregation on this 4th of July from Mark Twain. It is by the goodness of God that in our country, we have three great precious things. Freedom of speech, freedom of conscience, and prudence to exercise either of them. But there's a lot of things that could be said about the freedom of speech, freedom of conscience, and prudence to exercise either of them. If I was a politician, I am not. If I was, I could give you a litany of speeches on freedom of speech. In fact, I could get a megaphone and go downtown and probably draw a significant political crowd. If I was a politician that was wanting to reach many aspects of our 
country as well as our world. Freedom of conscience would be a great subject as well. I am a preacher, and therefore I am going to stick to freedom to exercise either of them and go to the Word of God and preach from that as my basis and as for my impetus in this subject sharing today. Many people would say that this is the reason that we have a 4th of July is because people were exercising their freedom to escape a land of tyranny, a land of restriction on worship and so on, and come to a place where they could worship according to the precepts of their heart. This is true in many ways. As we celebrate the big bangs of fireworks, I doubt if very few people lighting a big old uh, firecracker, and I know there's a lot of names for that fireworks out there, but somehow or another over the years all that stuff has passed me by, and I can only think of firecrackers, snakes, and, and uh, lady fingers. Uh, those are ones that come to my mind as I speak. But we thank the Lord for the freedom for doing that. However, we thank the Lord that because there is a freedom of conscience, of conscience, we have an opportunity to serve the Lord. There perhaps were several motives of the pilgrims that came across the ocean on, as we recall from history, the Mayflower. But there were no doubt some that came because their conscience said we need a better place to worship and serve the Lord. And no doubt some of them had felt the restriction of serving the Lord, worshiping the Lord, as described in Matthew, the words of Jesus, by the way, chapter 18 and verse 20, when he declared that where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. What a day it is when God's people can come together. But what a sad time it is when people that would love to serve the Lord would be under the threat of government restrictions. They would be under the threat of religious restrictions to serve God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. And when Jesus came into this world, and as recorded by Matthew, these words that I have just shared, that when you get together, isn't that something? That's something that has to do with our title. We are gathered here, where two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst of them. What a blessing 
what a blessing it is to know that right here in this audience today, that the presence of the Spirit of Jesus is in every, on every, by everyone, on top of, underneath, any way you look, Jesus is there. I can't figure that out, but I do know this. This is what Jesus said. He is here in the midst of all of us today. Now think about it. If Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of the God, the Son of God, if He is right here in our midst, think about the benefits of what that can do for you that are gathered here. Whatever baggage you brought in your life, from your life, and the circumstances in your life, whatever that baggage is, you did not have to pass through a baggage radar system to come into the doors of this church. But as you came into this church today, the Lord read every thought of your minds. He understood every problem that you have. And he knows every ache and pain that you have. That's Jesus. And he says, you are gathered here in my name, and I will be in the midst of you. You chop that. You go. Where can you go to get a better deal than that? I don't care if it's a new car, an airplane, a parachute. Don't get me one of those, though. I don't want to be in that. But whatever it is, Jesus is going to be right with you. I'm going to turn to, my, uh, to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10. And I'm going to continue this thought of being gathered here today. The writer said, let us consider one another to provoke unto love, and to good works. That's a good thing when God's people come together. They don't come together for dissension. They don't come to see what kind of strife they can gather. They don't come to work against the uh, things of this world. And this. They come together in the name of the Lord because there is love to one another. You'll find so much of this on our Wednesday night Bible study when we're talking about being followers and disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the scripture says, verse 25, this is something you've heard. Uh, I, I, I know I've used this scripture many times, maybe as even as a fill-in as I'm preaching. And others have done the same thing and. the it's often said in our exchange about inviting people to church and encouraging people. We, we reference the 25th verse, says, well, you know, the Bible says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. But there's a reason for that. First of all, I still draw your attention to the part of the scripture that is talking about let us come together. Jesus 
inspired, and the Holy Spirit inspired some writer of Hebrews not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Don't, don't forsake it. Don't, don't find excuses to get out of it. When it's time to come together, the Bible says, let us come together. That's a right that many people in the days of the settlement of our country as across the ocean, that was what they were thinking, that they wanted a place to assemble themselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting each of one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. There is not a person here this morning, I don't suppose, that has a doubt that we are living in very perilous times. There is not a person here that hasn't read in the book of Revelations that you can see the uh, painting on the wall of what's being done in our world and our society today that doesn't point to the fact that we're nearing the end of time. No, we don't know the hour, the minute. We don't understand that. But we do understand the circumstances that are floating around in this world as a roaring lion seeking to whom it may devour. Now, there is something that I think is very important for us as we come together, not forsaking the coming of ourselves together. Something that's very important that we have an illustration from the early church. And as the early church exercised something that I think is so important to us, I'd like for the worship team now, if they would come and uh, get ready for this little illustration that we're going to use here this morning. I would like to read from Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 42. And they continued steadfastly. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. We are gathered here this day. There was a rhythm or consistency. There was a blending of their love of God, their love of each other. Notice the scriptures. They steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, the fellowship, the breaking of bread. And yes, they were consistent in their prayers. And as a result of all this, the Bible illustrates Dr. Luke, the physician, wrote these words inspired by the Holy Ghost. He said, fear came upon every soul. That is a desire not to get away from what God wants them to do. And as a result of that, many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed, they had all things in common. They even sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. We are gathered here. 
And they continued daily with one accord. Yes, we're gathered here in the temple, one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. They did eat, and their meat was with gladness and singleness of God. We are gathered here. Last verse, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. What a time that was. They were in the same heartbeat because they had Jesus in their heart. They were not disruptive. They were not hateful. They were not belligerent to their brothers or sisters or to all mankind. They had favor with all the people. They were there together. The worship team, it's going, the musicians are going to illustrate the type of rhythm, though, that can happen if we are not in sync with the Lord God. I know that every one of you recognize that that was not rhythm. <laughs> However, I'm not so sure that that's the type of song I could sing to, <laughs> being tone deaf as I am. Well, God doesn't bless in a situation like that. Mankind laughs at it as you did. They did a good job. They can do better and they will in a few moments. But let me tell you something. We're gathered here together. We're gathered here together because Jesus, and Jesus is in the midst of two or three when they're gathered together. Now then, I'm going to reread these verses that I shared with you just a few moments ago. And after that, the worship team is going to do it in rhythm and you feel led of the Lord as they put it into rhythm. Here is what the scripture said about rhythm. And they continued, we're gathered here now, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs Signs were done by the apostles. And they and all they that believed were together. They were gathered together. They had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. They continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking a bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. 
And the Lord had church people becoming a part of the house of God. The scripture says, Luke wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Amen. Solomon, the wise man, is given credit for writing much of the book of Proverbs. In that chapter, in the chapter 14, and verse 4, the scripture says, Where no oxen are, the crib is clean. But much increase is by the strength of the ox. Unusual verse of scripture. You probably haven't even heard that one on the 4th of July or many other times of the year. But what the scripture is saying is the crib or the stables are clean. It's evident that there is no working beast inside. It's clean. However, we're not talking about the cleanliness of life or anything like that. We're just talking about the cleanliness of a, a habitat for animals. But if there's more animals in there, there's a result of strength, and there's a far more need to the shovel, the hole, and the rake. And they didn't have... I saw back then either. But the more there was necessary to keep the crib in shape, you think about it. I, I remember telling an overseer of the state of South Dakota back in another century, 1980s, I believe, that we were hoping at our little church in Sturgis, South Dakota, that we was hoping to reach an average attendance of 40 before the year was over. He said, you can't do it. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, Brother Higdon, you don't need to be telling me that. That's not encouragement. And I asked him, I said, why do you tell me that we won't make 40? 
And he said, son, and he treated me like a son, which means he pulled me by the hair and he patted me on the back. He cared for me as a young man in the minister, ministering. And I said, why? Why wouldn't we reach 40 here at our church? He said, you probably only have 10 or 15 songbooks. You're not even ready for that many people. It was a lesson learned and found out as the years went on. So when there is no oxen, the stables are clean, not much happening, but there's an increase of oxen, an increase of strength and practice going on to do things for God, then it's another story. We're gathered here today because the crib is perhaps too clean and we need to do more to honor the presence that he said he would be in the midst of. Pastor, we need this, we need that, in order for this to happen and for that to happen. But Peter had wonderful words to describe what needs to happen. We're gathered here. Peter wrote these words as described in chapter 5 and verse 8. He said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Probably it doesn't happen to everyone very often, but I will use myself as an illustration that the devil is out to work, depress, cause every one of us to regress, to throw in the towel, to give up. He doesn't stop. He may not ever tempt you, or he may not ever tempt me to go to the store and buy alcohol, or go to the store and buy other means of things that he provides for the world and their sinful practices. He may not cause you to cuss and he may not cause you to transgress against your spouse. may not cause you to go to the bank and rob it. He may not cause you to do this, but I w will tell you that he can cause you just enough problem to cause you not to be thrilled about serving the Lord. He doesn't need to roll you over with a mountain of, of things that are evil and cause the crib to be unworthy of the presence of the strength of God. He doesn't need to do that. All he needs to do is slow you down, cause you to sidestep, cause you to not be thrilled about being a child of God. 
And Peter, let me share those words with you because he really hit the nail on the head when he said, be sober, be vigilant, remembering that your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Something that comes to my mind, and it's not a part of my uh, presentation today, except it comes to my mind, and I feel impressed to say it. I do not worry, I do not know where our country would have been if those ships such as the Mayflower, had not landed at Plymouth Rock, Massachusetts. I do not know what would happen if the people had had a mutiny, and there were squirmishes, but had a mutiny in the ship and never made it to the shore. But somehow or another, the wind of the Spirit blew it to the shore, and they disembarked. Yes, there were famines, there was uh, wars, among themselves, and there was wars uh, against the uh, Indian population that was still here. But somehow or another, God's Spirit put enough sobriety and vigilance that they were able to overcome the devil. He was here waiting for them, and not only that, he came with them. But thank the Lord, we know that the Lord is with us because we're two or three are gathered in his name. He is there in the midst of them. And he is in the midst of this audience and this congregation here this morning. There is not anything that the Lord cannot do we find that we're brothers as sisters are gathered together in the name of Jesus. We are gathered here because of the goodness of God. Let us not take this day in which the world or our country celebrates this day, this Independence Day it sometimes is referred to, and was formerly named that in the beginning. It is only because we have declared our independence from the things of the world, the things that that roaring lion, the devil, would love to sidetrack you with. I'm going to ask the congregation to stand at this time. And as you stand in the name of the Lord, Somehow, another, in your meditation that you're doing right now, that I'm asked, calling upon you to do, reach out and touch the Lord, if you will. He's there. Whatever method, physical method or spiritual method you want to use, I want you to reach out and touch the Lord. The Lord is with us. On this day, yes, so much of roaring lions going about in the world. But be sober, be vigilant, hang on to the Lord. Declaring your independence in the name of Jesus Christ.
Father, right now, as we come to the close of this service, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your presence. I thank you, Lord, that you're there, never leaving us, never forsaking us. Oh, God, you're real. Your spirit is real. Lord, it is a real thing that we're gathered here, and you're in the midst of us all. Father, right now, we're reaching out to touch you. Lord, we're reaching out to touch you. Anyone that needs a touch from God Almighty, I pray that you will accept it right now in the name of Jesus. Accept it in the name of Jesus. The Lord has declared he's with you. And the Lord in his finality has declared that he will not leave you nor forsake you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise God. As we close this service today, I say to all of you, a happy Fourth of Independence Day in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you all. Have a happy remainder of this day. Thank <laughs> you.